Hey everyone, welcome into episode 33 of the Artwonk podcast. Today I'm going to be talking with Janice Holland. Janice is a sculptress and she's also a gallerist. And we're going to be exploring what is an artist and how you define an artist. Now Janice has some strong opinions on these things and was not at all scared to share them with me. So settle in and enjoy what I found to be quite an enlightening conversation. Hello, Janice. Good morning, Neville. Yeah, thank you for what joining us. What do you want to us. know this time? I'm, I'm looking into the whole idea of what is an artist. And I thought it would be interesting one to share a few ideas. So, Janice, tell me, what is an artist? How many hours of years have we spent discussing this topic? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I presume we're not going to get into the art versus craft thing because that's pretty pointless. Well, no, maybe, maybe um, it crosses in there somewhere, but I, at the moment, really what I'm looking at is how do you define what an artist is? Because a lot of people aren't sure whether they're an artist or, you know, we've got that imposter complex thing that plays for some. So how, how, do, how do you define an artist? Let's not define everyone else, just how do you define an artist? I don't think you can define it, but I'll give you a, a sort of an example of where I'm coming from. If you have um, house plans, the carpenter follows the plans, cuts all the wings and the bits and pieces and puts the frames together and nails on the roof. But he's following a plan that somebody else, of somebody else's vision. So he, he's a worker, he's a builder, but there is no, there's no particular artistic skill involved in that. Or he's going to be arguing with the architect. But... Even that's not totally straightforward because in all the great houses of the world, there was room for um, craftsmen builders to put their own visions and designs in them. So, for instance, the, the carved pews in some of the cathedrals, they're absolutely functional, but they are also little works of art in their own right. Okay, but you, you've made so, a big jump there. I'm going to pull you on this one for a bit. So a builder very really is, yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> but a builder w- v- would very really describe themselves as an artist. So let's focus no. more on, on who, who the people who call themselves an artist, whether it's a photographer, a painter, a sculptor, a, a potter, a jeweler, wh- whatever. But let's, shall we narrow it down a bit? Because while I hear what you're saying, somebody who is producing an object that is driven by function and is driven by a set of criteria they're just assembling, they're not likely as often to call themselves an artist. But let's say I'm a painter and I smear paint on a canvas, and I, I use the term smear because I'm, I'm trying not to define myself too specifically, and I choose to call myself an artist. What would... Can I? Am I allowed? Well, certainly you can choose to call yourself an artist so long as you don't mind the fact that you're then going to be judged or your, your work is going to be judged from a slightly different standpoint than if you simply called yourself a maker. So choosing to describe yourself as an artist means you're putting yourself up for criticism in a way that you wouldn't be if you were simply building something. But and I guess sort of a loose definition for me would be an artist is somebody who sees a picture, a vision, if you want to be high-minded, 
um, but they have a picture of something in their mind and they set out to make a a visual a visual representation that other people can also see whether it's sculptural or a painting they're trying to make a solid form out of what is a, literally a dream okay so if i was making a table and i wanted to make it look like what somebody else has already made a table i've said about making something out of my head or that i've seen am i an artist not if you're following that particular person's design in the first place, because you're not having you're actually looking at his dream, not yours or her dream these days, since enough joiners are female. That's not that's not. I mean, here's why no why nobody should try to define an artist. You're literally using creative skills to to try to let somebody else see your dream, uh, that dream that is unique to you. So you're not following a plan that somebody else has already made or even uh, a design that they've given. This is why plagiarism uh, in itself is not an art form. Although people who are plagiarists may have really good skills and be quite capable of making their own vision, they don't do it. They just choose to copy other people. Okay, okay. So I'm going to put something else out there. Do I have to do it to be the artist? Ah, now, now you're really starting to muddy it up. Yeah, I know. That's what I do. But so I'm looking at it thinking yeah, um, I, I, if I, I'm a choreographer I, and I don't actually do the dancing, I have others do it for me or a film director, am I an artist or am I a technician who is allowing others to do their art? That would depend on your skill level, I guess, and also the power of your dream. If you, I'd, um, I don't actually understand how choreography works, quite honestly, so I'm even going to try to comment on that one. But the, the director, um, the director's one's quite an interesting one because the director is using um, his actors and makeup department and camera people as his brushes. Okay. He's actually use it, using them as his tools to put his vision, her vision, um, on the screen. So depending on how how inspired they are, I mean, it could also, some movies are terrific, great, classic, and others fail miserably. You can kind of only figure that one out by the end result. Okay, so I'm going to start trying to use your words and define something. So I am putting things into your mouth, so by all means do what you would normally do and slap me down. But are you saying then to be an artist you need a vision? Because yes. if you don't have a vision, so a table maker who's just reproducing another table doesn't have a vision. They have something they're copying, they have skills, but they don't have a vision apart from to see a new table. But they will have a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about the viability of being an artist, just I'm trying to define one. So I'll, 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 I'll cut it around differently. Here's how I define an artist in my mind. And that is somebody who is uh, who starts with a problem and uses a creative skill base to solve it. So um, if I'm painting a still life and the still life is there, I've got, first of all, I want to make a reproduction. I can choose to paint, I can photograph, 
Um, I could do a number of things. I guess I could even commission somebody else to do the drawing for me like a director might. So it comes down to me, I've got a problem to solve and then it's how you go about solving the problem that makes it an artwork. If it's just simply a reproduction in its totality with no personal interpretation added to it, I struggle a bit to see that as art. Although in some instances, as soon as you put it into a gallery setting, it becomes art because of location. How far wrong do you think I'm going here? I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, but again, we, we're coming back to the end result. I know a guy whose job essentially is problem solving in factory settings. So if you're trying to set up a manufacture, manufacturing run in a factory and you can't figure out how the machinery should line up for the most effective way of making, you would call him in and he would, he would design your factory set up for the most productive run. That's his particular skill set and training. So he is, he is in his own way, extremely cre um, creative because he will design machinery to do jobs for you. The end of it, you're turning out plastic widgets to be an artist. The, the result there doesn't bother me. What I'm hearing you say is that he has assembled a skill base and then when faced with a problem, hence my problem-solving part of, of the way I look at things, He's now interpreting a whole lot of variables and creating a solution. So I don't have a problem with him being an artist. Being a, a, an artist in the art world would be very hard to do what he does. But it's yes. not beyond... So what, 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 uh, what are we talking about in this discussion then? Are we discussing art for art's sake or the art of getting the job done? I, I, what I'm trying to do is give the listener a chance to find a terminology or a way of finding comfort in their sense of what an artist is so they can own the title with confidence. And that's why I, I guess I look at that and I go, well, so that guy is a creative person who is using creative solutions and problem-solving techniques within his world. He's working with space. He's working with dimension. He's, in effect, sculpting um, a, a kinetic... Thing. So you could call him an artist, but would he call himself an artist? And that's the thing. We're looking at no. the people who choose no. to. Yeah. So we're back again to at what point are you truly an artist? Is it when you wake up in the morning and you decide it's not enough just to do what you can do, but to push yourself to do more? Does that is that when you step into being an artist? I, I regardless of what the critics think. I think it's when we decide ourselves that there's our decision. Um, the, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an artist. I am consciously making artworks. These things are totally, you know, I'm looking at, at you know, the, that last sculpture that we were working on at the end of the forge. And, you know, th th as far as usefulness in the world's concerned, it's completely useless. The world will not crumble if this marvellous work of art is never seen in a gallery. If my flat burnt down tonight and it burnt down with it, well, nobody would even know. Uh, see, the, the, so I challenge you on your uselessness. It's wood. It would burn well. It actually is useful. Well, that's true. That is very true. It would make, it would make, well, it would make excellent firewood because it's very dry wood and, of course, it's soaked in oil. So, yes, it would um, it would go very well. <laughs> but the, the point I'm making is that 
there's no there's no absolutely no practical function to this. It's just something that I've put together with a little bit of help, and I'm incredibly proud of it. And I'm going to say I don't care what the rest of you think. That's a work of art, so I must be an artist. So that, if you do if you do one, that, that, does that make you an artist, or do you have to that, do do a second one to prove yourself? Like you know, we can all have an accident. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, see so, a few of those over the years. Um, <laughs> one off, one off, you know, one You're off. Talking about me again. <laughs> no, dear, you do have your own little cult following. Yeah. Um, <laughs> was that patronising enough? No, that was great. I own five mirrors, so at least at any one time I can find four others to agree with me. One who's not interested at all. <laughs> exactly. I know. Back in my own art student days and. Uh, appreciation course and all the rest of it. It came up a guy in England uh, who was a blacksmith, but it did absolutely amazing steel work. And he was complaining that he was regarded as a craftsman, not as an artist. And the answer that he was given was, well, if you want to start saying yourself, calling yourself a steel-working sculptural artist, do that. But be aware that you will now be judged as your your fair game to the art critics. You weren't before because you were a craftsman, and we all know that craftsmen are a bit, you know, ho-hum. But if you're going to call yourself an artist and put your work out there into the art, the recognised art field, then you are going to be judged accordingly. So that's your choice. I wish to just slip a and small I'd... disclaimer in here. The show does not promote the idea that craftspeople are ho-hum. Uh, all expressions of <laughs> <laughs> Genesis on her own. What do you mean ho-hum? I'm not. Uh, that's, that's, you're putting words into my mouth. That was I was actually <laughs> quoting. Oh, okay. um, I don't, well, I don't agree with that because, you know, in order to be a functional craftsman, you need to be doing doing what you do very well. The point that I wanted to make there is that dating yourself to be an artist means that you are going to be judged and your work is going to be judged in a very different way than if you just say, oh, well, I crochet a few doilies. So if you, if crochet you want to say, I crochet, hang on a minute, I haven't finished. You leapt in there. Um, if you crochet doilies and you just sort of give them to friends and that's a fun thing to do to fill in your spare time, that's one thing. But if you crochet doilies, that are fantastic doilies and they have dimensionality to them and there's colour theory involved here and you say these are fibre art. You've just put yourself into a whole different level of judgement. That's where I'm coming from with that. All right. Am I allowed to talk? You, you may speak now. Okay. You do realise that I have a mute button here. That, you know, it could have all <laughs> just been blank space that I fill in later. Anyway, no, look, um, the thing that I'm curious about, though, is that we've all seen examples of a, a chair, a PVC pipe, a breeze block, and a couple of doilies stuck in the middle of an art gallery, and it's called art. So I'm now wanting to question then... If it's placed somewhere where somebody else calls it art, do we have to accept it? And does the person take on the title artist? So is it contextual as well as something that you own? So you've just described somebody making beautiful doily who then turns around and says, I'm a fibre artist. Now, that, that's a very valid thing to do. I've got no question on that. 
But if you then take it to a, a car boot sale and sell it for $2, no matter what title you put on yourself, are you making art? Or is it, does it have to then be presented in a place that validates that statement? Is it enough just to say artist? Well, Marcel Duchamp, of course, would say, because the whole point of a lot of his work was, it's art if I say it is. Hang on, no, but when he did that urinal, he didn't expect, I mean, hell, they threw the thing away. It was it was totally not expected to be accepted. So he wasn't seriously yep. considering it art when he did it. He was actually making a challenging statement about the status quo, but it didn't become art until they accepted it. Then he had to start viewing it as art instead of just a, a challenge. It, well, yes, but he started an argument which we're still we're still arguing now. What what is it? I like to what, think what of it is that? A, if you, an if you, impassioned discussion, not an argument. Fair enough. Let's argue about we can argue about what is an argument and what is an impassioned discussion. We'll do that ne- next podcast. Look, let's keep to the art thing. So we're we, we getting to okay. is is that context does help. Well, it, it does. I mean, there there is part of the argument that if it has a function, it can't be an artwork. But all um, art has a function. I, it either covers a piece of wall, it keeps a nail employed if it's hanging on it, it um, fills a foyer, it, it, it's something that water spurts out of in the, the garden. Um, a lot of great art also is functional. Exactly. I, I, I agree with you. I, I think that uh, is a bullshit argument. If it's got a function, it, it can't be art. Uh, I don't know what planet people who say that are living on or they've got they're so high-minded and rarefied, they're not breathing the same air that I am. One, one could, on the other hand, say that if it's art, if it has a function, but it's the, the it's needlessly beautiful or, or something, I, I, don't, I don't know how you'd put it. Um, you know, in, back in the good old days, when the good old days, when everything was handmade, there were often pointlessly fiddly bits on them. You know, a plow that was going to be towed by horses or oxen would have little curlicues and things on it. No use at all, added no use to the function of the thing. They just wanted to put something beautiful on it. And they were so good at what they did, they could. Is it art or is it not? Or is part of it art? Can you have something which is part art and part utilitarian object? Yes, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. And that's the part that I think is is one of the things that really dogs our industry is we have no governing body, no defining rules. I, I hate rules, but equally when somebody says I'm I've a lawyer, it, <laughs> I'm a natural rebel. We get that. But when somebody says I'm a lawyer, you can challenge them and say, show me your, your, your certification, show me your documentation that says that you're qualified to call yourself a lawyer. And the same runs through most industries. But because anyone, be it the doily maker or the um, blacksmith who did the curly cues on the horse plough or whatever, can claim this title of artist, are we devaluing it? Is it a word that's thrown around? Is it something I should even worry about, whether or not I'm an artist, I guess is probably a better way of asking that question. Frankly, no. Uh, As soon as you try to, I mean... We've gone through the whole art degree thing, art school thing, you know, and ended up with people with theoretically a degree in art who have never actually made very much in the way of art, but they can talk about it. So is that an art form? Oh my God. So I, I, you know, have, the art. 
I have a memory of a TV show that ran in New Zealand um, a couple of years ago because I haven't watched TV for some time. But it was a group of New Zealand makers competing in one of those reality fabrications uh, with a, a weekly judgment as to who made the best thing. And one of the young guys involved had an art degree and didn't know how to use a screwdriver, electric screwdriver and drill. I mean, he was so functionally illiterate, it was it was a bit embarrassing to watch. And his ability to understand physics, so they, they had to make a table out of things. He chose to do it out of glass bottles and then was amazed when they fell over. The point being that he was fully qualified and competently useless, at least in the way they edited the show. In fairness, I watched him grow very quickly because he could take knowledge and process it. But he was turning to the others for guidance more than the people who weren't inverted commas, artists, because they had functional skills and they could talk or learn how to talk the talk. So now I've talked over you there, so I'm going to just bring this back in again. Is part of the skill of being an artist being able to do the whole art wank thing where you actually, you know, you do the gratification with words over the top of the artwork so that it now is more than its sum of, of pieces? Well, you could put another question here and that. Uh, is it an artwork, an, a, a work of art, if somebody can stand there and talk about it in a, a language which only the cognoscente can understand? Does that make it an artwork? So if you put a kitchen stool, go back to Marcel Duchamp again, put a kitchen stool in the middle of the floor, and uh, you and I can both stand there and talk about it as a work of art. We have done this. Um, very convincingly, does that actually make it a work of art if somebody can talk about it? And I don't think that really follows. No, I think I, that's I, I don't showing think it can off. Because all that means <laughs> is that if I make a sculpture and then a group of people stand around and talk about it in French, that doesn't make it a French sculpture. The, the language uh, used to describe well it. Yeah. So, but I yes, do know yes. that some of the artwork engaged in the art world is actually in the words used to reference the art piece more than the actual work itself. When you spend more time looking at a piece of artwork and talking about other people's works of art as references on it, then that to me diminishes the value of the piece. All it is is a touchstone for people to remember things from other people's work. last thing I want is somebody looking at my work and going, oh, that's so like an X, because as soon as I'm referred to as like an X, I'm now being measured against an yep. X, which is by taking the term artist, you, you mentioned before, you open yourself up to that. But equally, yep. uh, who wants everyone to stand and start thinking about somebody else? I mean, goodness me. We're not getting any closer to defining what an artist is in this, but we're definitely clarifying that it's complicated. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I have some difficulty, as you're probably aware, with conceptual art. Is something that you talk about in artwork if you haven't actually made it. I've never quite figured out to myself what people are talking about when they talk about being a conceptual artist. To me, I want to I want to see something that I can make my own assessment of. Going back to the gallery setting again, if somebody brings an artwork in and we display it for sale, I don't feel it matters whether I myself like it or not. But is there something about this thing that is engaging? You know, if is it a piece of a piece of something that you put in the gallery and people just come in the door, walk around, go past it, and back out the door again? 
or is it something that they come in the door and they may go past it and they look at it from another point of view and go, what the hell is that? And then they want to get in and have another look and see how it's made and, and see what it's about and, and how does it touch them and what does it make them feel like. Whether or not I like it, that's an artwork that people really get involved in, discuss, argue about for yeah. themselves. So the same thing. That, 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 that's an artwork regardless of whether it's a sculpture that you spent five months on or whether it's the kitchen chair in the middle of the floor. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if, you, if you stuck the kitchen chair in the middle of the floor and you're saying this is an artwork and you've got people, not critics who are paid to do it, but people standing around discussing is this an artwork or is it not, why is it, why is it not, then to all intents and purposes it is an artwork because it, it, it's, it's creating, um, it is creating itself emotion and discussion. So there, there is an element of creativity in it, even though it's a mundane object. That was what Duchamp succeeded in doing with his work, was creating. So in that respect, they were works of art. Okay, so I'm, I'm getting but you there. I would personally, personally, okay. I wouldn't pay Please, for Welcome the to the chair. Janice show. Hey, Jan, shut up, damn it. Trying to get a word in here. <laughs> Listen, I've been working with you so long, I know that the only way to get anything said is to just keep going regardless of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair enough. Good call. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring this back, though, to the fact that that's a contextualization because really in the end, the gatekeepers who control galleries often will then control the conversation. I'm looking more from the individual maker point of view. So, you know, the, the way I've come to understand it for me is if you set about solving a problem, whether it's a battle with your skill level, material choice, whatever it is, you're out to actually solve a problem. So you have a, a reason or a meaning that is from you and then you exercise whatever skill level you have in whatever medium it is and you are open to grow and change through that process and you're not rigidly, doggedly attached to only doing a specific thing a specific way, then I see that as a creative enterprise. The actual artist title, it looks like we're going to have to leave for the individuals to pick for themselves. I think we do. Uh, because you know, if you really don't think you're an artist, then there's absolutely no point in my arguing that you are. If, and equally, I may think that, frankly, you're an incompetent prat who should not be allowed anywhere near a welder or a forge. But if you say that you're an artist, then go for it. Is there something you want to tell me? <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to take it off us for a second, put it back onto um, something else, another creative enterprise music. In a world where you can <laughs> yes. have death metal and that, that incredibly heavy, angry-sounding German noise that sometimes I see attached to you know the, the, the heavy metal world, and you can have jazz and you can have classical music and you can have pop and you can have rock, and it seems to me that if there's an audience, then the person who is producing or performing for that audience is a creative person and hence is an artist even if I can't see anything redeemingly valuable or in any way worthy of my time or energy 
in, in engaging with it. The guy with the, the platform shoes, the weird makeup, who can't play music at all, screams into a microphone, but has 12 people show up to his concert, is technically an artist, isn't he? Because he has yeah, an audience. So is this part of why we have a problem? See, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work out at the moment, is there any value in myself even pursuing the title artist? Because when so many other people can bastardize its value by also claiming it with no um, similarities to the ethic or the, um, the standards and the things I hold myself accountable to, am I even better off to keep away from it? No, it's worthwhile having the discussion. For one thing, people like you and me who like to talk uh, would be very frustrated if we couldn't bend people's ears with our opinions from time to time. So it's always worthwhile having the discussion. For myself, whether as a musician or an artist, I, w- I would like some degree of skill in here. And you know, we've, we have, uh, over the years, had discussions sometimes with art students with that delightfully naive, I don't want to spend time learning technique because that will stifle my creativity, which is absolute nonsense, especially if you actually want to make a living. Because yes, you can have a happy accident, but that's all it is. It's a happy accident. You can't repeat it by its very nature. It's a one-off. So uh, I would say that the person who's banging away on a guitar with no actual ability to play the guitar or the piano and who is completely tone deaf screaming into a microphone may get a sort of an audience for a short time, but it is never going to last. And this work is not going to go down in history. You know they said that about Uh, Elvis though, don't you? I Really, when he started off, although there were a group of young people who thought he was quite amazing, the bulk of the population thought that he should not be allowed to do what he was doing. And because the prevailing attitude was it is totally immoral for a man to stand and gyrate his hips while singing. Ah, So that the point... No, let me finish the point. The point I'm trying to make is that sometimes (laughs) you might be ahead of your time. So do you let others define you by, by going, well, yeah, okay, I am a bit crap at playing my guitar. But I do have people listening, and I could just, if I keep at it, they, they, they might finally get the point. Well, of course, the, um, the first gospel and blues singers were totally disregarded as well because they were just slave people over there amusing themselves. And yet, particularly blues music, as I understand it, I'm not a musician, so you can pull me down on this, but the, 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 the blues really started, and early jazz completely upended the whole understanding of music uh, you know, up until that that point in time when they arrived. But the point I'm making here is that regardless of how the accepted culture saw it, those people actually could play their instruments and they could sing. Yeah, see, I, I can't so do either, they, so I'm, that's where I... Yeah, I, but I, I, like Like art, I... I I don't know music, but I know what I like. Um, you know, it, it really is. Yeah, There, exactly. there is always a but, place for the viewer to have a say or the listener or, or the, the consumer of the, the piece to have some kind of an input. Well, yes. Yeah. So should um, I be spending more time, more time working on my skill base 
Or should I be spending more time working on trying to find a place that the audience is receptive to what I can do? Like, do I have to wait before I can call myself an artist until I'm good? No, you don't. Your skill base grows as you do it because that, that's another thing that people don't realize. If you've got you know, the basic technique and you keep on working, as you grow, you learn things. The more you know about your tools, the more you understand when you have a happy accident how it actually happened so that you can do it again. And that's, that's your skill base growing because you know, you know the basics in, in the beginning. When, you, when you, you know something about your materials and you know its limitations, then you can start pushing boundaries because you know where they are. So the more you do, the more you are able, I guess, to, to start bringing, going back right back to the beginning of this conversation. I haven't lost it entirely. Oh, good, because um, I've forgotten what my question was. <laughs> The, the, you know, the vision that, that we have, we kind of have to, we, we've got to do something with that vision. We've got to bring it out in some way, write a book or paint a painting or make a sculpture or whatever. The more that we've, we've done that, the more we use the tools that we've got, the more we're inclined to experiment, the better we get at making that vision become reality. So the skill base is important, but it's not, it's not, you know, you've, you've got to start somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Rembrandt didn't wake up one morning and say, I think I'll become a really splendid portrait painter and pick up a brush. He did his apprenticeship. Yeah, Beethoven didn't. He, he woke up and at four could write bloody symphonies. So. Yeah, some, some musicians seem to be able to do that. And I don't know why that is. But there's not very many of them. And Mozart was like that too, I understand. But... There's not very many of them, but most people actually have to go go and sit there and have years of piano lessons and things. So, okay, I'm gonna we, we need to tidy this up because it's you know, we, we, we're doing what we do. My phone will die shortly. Yeah, it will die shortly. Um, so, let's just put this final part then to bed within the context of you remember my the idea of the technician, the patron, and and the creative. So a technician is somebody who is primarily driven by process and refinement and engagement that way. They will still innovate and create, but it's not their their driving passion. A technician still qualifies as an artist, though? Well, they can. Um, I'm going bronze casting, for instance. Um, At a bronze casting camp, you may well have somebody who is there and their job is as a technician to help less experienced people to, to get their work through the process safely because there's so many ways you can screw up bronze casting. So the, the camp that I was on, we had an absolutely brilliant guy there as the technician who did the fiddly bits and made sure it all worked. But he was well capable of making bronze artwork in his own right. But at that camp, that's not what he was doing. He was there as a technician only. Yeah, but that so that's the equivalent. So, so, so it's yeah, like a technician in, in this context. Um, the technician has a job. He's there doing his job. Yeah, no, that so that's a definition of what he was doing. I'm talking about as a definition of who you are. You know, whether you if you feel most comfortable with the description of technician, then 
do you allow yourself to entertain ideas of being an artist or do you just simply go, no, I am a technician? So I'm just, you know, we can, look, put it in this context. You're a, uh, any kind of an artist who takes a commission and then you're driven by your um, commissioner's desires. If you take direction from your customer or your client, then you're exercising a technical process, aren't you? It doesn't stop you being a painter and it doesn't stop you being an artist, but in that moment you're a technician because you're meeting their needs, not yours. Yeah, well, that, that's that whole, um, the whole conundrum of commissioned work, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, how much of the artist is allowed into the work, whether you are just um, recreating a photograph of a customer or whether you are, you know, actually doing, as as an artist, are you allowed to interpret that into your vision, like um, Picasso or whatever, uh, producing something that was a portrait that didn't look in the remotest bit like the person concerned. I don't don't know, Neville, where where that, that line would be, but I would think that a competent, a competent, technician, if they had the kind of imagination and inspiration, would certainly be able to take that step out of, this is the job I've been given, this is what I do, no more, no less, to this is my vision. It's my vision alone, and I'm making it, which puts him out of the the, the pure workman class and into an artist, because again, he's chosen to do that. I'm not going to carry on being a technician here. I'm going to make my own work. I'm going to be my own artist. No, I, does that make sense? I, yeah, it does. And I, I think really what we've identified is there is no simple answer to this question, at least not within where you and I come from. And that's something that you know we've worked together for many years. We've worked together primarily through commercial gallery environments where we have learnt to judge uh, work based not just on its intrinsic value, but also on its commercial value. And maybe we are very close in our thinking, because I agree with you surprisingly often, even though I refuse to admit it and will argue anyway. But yeah, so in the end, I genuinely am left thinking, well, we've touched some interesting stuff. Hopefully we've given people something to to think about. If nothing else, they now have an insight into how henpecked I can be at times. no, that was unfair. I'll cut that out, maybe. <laughs> so now it's self-editing to make yourself sound good. <laughs> now I've got to leave it in, don't I? Uh, look, thank you, you Janice. I appreciate the opportunity to, to spar with you and, and to engage in your, your wonderful intellect. And you, you brought up some interesting points in there that really in the end, the title is not as important if I'm interpreting what you're saying as the intent, if you if you feel like an artist, be an artist. Don't let them define it for you. Is that exactly? I heard yes, that, in I there that, that earlier. Yeah, I think that sums it up pretty well. It's, it's this is up to us. So, as soon as you start to put you put the word artist in your in your own title, you do have to be prepared to be criticised. That's that's a, a, a consequence that I think people don't entirely understand when they they bring themselves into this world is that people are, your work's going to be out there in in the world. People are going to look at it and some people are going to really like it 
and some people are going to absolutely hate it. And in this world of social media, some people are going to be incredibly abusive and contemptible just because they can be. And you need to be to, to, to wear that. If you're going to say, I'm an artist, they're going to judge your work as a work of art. And that can be devastating as well as glorious. Well, it seems to me that the bulk of the judges are pretty poorly informed but then that's the same for everything. Uh, so that welcome to the modern modern era where opinions are freely given. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. No, it's okay. It wasn't you. It was me. I heard myself going down thinking, oh, no, there's that flat voice. So thank you, Janice. Really appreciate your, your input and for you just giving me the time. Uh, and I think others will have enjoyed listening to just to how we meet through an idea. I can still hear Bill in my head saying, shut up, Neville. <laughs> and right about now, he's probably right. <laughs> Thanks, really Janice. <laughs> okay, catch you later. Yay!